Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I'm a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face. Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn, laugh, and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today. Here's Steph. Hey, it's Steph and happy holiday season. It's been a minute since I've recorded a podcast because I've been just enjoying the holidays with my family, which I hope you have been too. But I did want to jump on in the last week of the year to talk through my process of what I call my year in review. So if you are listening to this, you can absolutely Um, take the questions that I'm going to give you today and adapt them to your own life, but it will be primarily focused for small business owners. And I will also put out an episode that is just for anyone too. But this episode today is going through my year in review reflection process for small business owners and how to set yourself up for success in the new year to come. So If you are listening and you are a small business owner, I want you to take a journal out. Now, if you're driving, obviously don't do that now, but make sure to go back and write these questions down or better yet, I have an entire downloadable PDF for you that you can access if you join our sister circle growth membership for quarter one of 2023. So I'll share more about that at the end of the podcast, but just know if you're trying to keep up with the questions, there is a downloadable resource. It's pretty, of course. And I actually took myself through the questions all of the questions myself before I recorded this podcast to kind of give you an idea of maybe what I mean by some of the questions and or um, tell you that I do this too. So I'm not someone that's just going to say on the mic that you should do something that I haven't done myself. So I took myself through this review reflection and this is small business focused. Now I do a whole other type of reflection on just my entire life that I will share as well, but this is focused at small business owners. So let's dive in year in review reflection. So the first thing that I want us to focus on is what I call success metrics. So this is something that I started doing in my business about two years ago surprisingly, it took me eight years to start doing this. (laughs) So if you're a small business owner and you either just started, kudos to you. This is a great time to start um, tracking some success metrics in your business. If you've been in business a long time, 
don't feel bad that you're not doing any of this because I didn't really start tracking a lot of metrics in my business until I was maybe five years in. So it doesn't matter where you're at. The key thing is starting now. So when I speak to success metrics in business, I'm going to give you some specific ideas of things that you can track. But what I want to be very clear is that success is different to everyone in particular, as well as every individual business is different in what you want to be tracking and measuring for success. So one of the sheets in this PDF or the questions that I want you to write down in your your journal is first and foremost, defining success for yourself. Because if we're only going off of what other people's version of success looks like, or maybe society tells us success is, which is usually status and money and uh, material things, then we might actually reach that societal definition of success and still feel unhappy or unfulfilled or empty, which is not what we're going for. So first and foremost, you need to define what success looks and feels like to you, which I've been preaching a lot on lately, especially the last few months as I've made a lot of changes in my own life and my business. But That's where we're going to start today. So what does success look and feel like to you in your business and your life in 2023 is the first question that I want you to ask. And then think about what type of success metrics you would maybe want to track in order to know if you've breached that definition of success. So what are some of those metrics that you need to start tracking for your business in 2023? If you're not tracking anything right now, then that's okay. This is a great starting point. So when I speak to success metrics, you might be questioning what exactly I mean by that. So First of all, success metrics give you clarity around where you're at and where you want to go, which is why it's so important to have even just a few metrics that you're tracking so that you can actually see your progress and growth over time. You can start to see patterns as a business owner across seasons. So for example, in uh, the health and wellness industry, the new year used to be, you know, the busiest time of year for gyms. I will say it has changed and shifted a lot since COVID. Um, but that's an example of seeing a pattern of maybe a really busy time of your, your business and then not so busy time of the year. And it helps you predict and strategize as you go into the year by actually being able to see these patterns over time. So then you can focus on more of what is working and less of what is not working. And that allows you to just pivot, adjust, figure out what to spend your energy, your time, and your money on. And I have to pause right here and say that because I've been tracking my own success metrics for my business, especially my studio, in the last couple years is actually what allowed me to look from factual data, not just feeling, although I already knew how I felt, (laughs) But to look at actual facts and numbers and data to say, you know what, this has changed so much. And what was working for the first maybe five, six, seven years of my business, the last two or three years 
a lot of it due to just the shifting of the economy, the environment, the industry is no longer working. So if I'm going to keep continuing to operate this business, I'm going to have to do it in a totally different way for it to feel in my version of success. So it's so important to be tracking these metrics in your business so that you can make those very hard, difficult decisions like I did to completely change my business model in a way that is going to be more sustainable and will allow me to feel successful and also pursue other things that I'm passionate about. So that's why you should track your success metrics. But some of the actual metrics that you might track could be sales per revenue category. I always tell people to actually break down your sales. So a lot of times we're just tracking overall the total number of gross sales when really what we should be doing is breaking it down by what are we selling? And so if you're a service-based business, for me, example, maybe it's, you know, the different types of memberships for you. Maybe it's um, different types of products that you're selling or different types of packages. So break everything down as much as you can so that you can actually see which ones are your best revenue streams and lean into those more and cut out some of the ones that are not actually bringing in that much cash flow. You also want to track maybe your average gross sales and your profit. So gross sales is your total amount of sales. And then minus all of your expenses is your profit. And you definitely want to be tracking your expenses as well as your profit. Because at the end of the day, sales is sales is great, but it's not everything if we have so many expenses that we don't actually have any profit left over. Some other things we could track would be social media insights and analytics. Um, Google and website SEO is great to start tracking. And those you can find even right on Google Analytics. And they'll give you all the numbers if you know where to find them. Um, Your client list and your customer list with detailed data segments. So making sure you actually have a list of people and know your social media followers do not count because if you were to get either locked out of your social media account or maybe you lose all of that, we don't know, social media could go down at any time, then we're stuck with no clients, which is sad. We never want that to happen to us and we don't want to get locked out of our account. So we have to have a database of clients. I don't care if it's in a Google sheet. Maybe you have a point of sale system that tracks all of that. I would still keep a separate list just in case. So a Google sheet, um, maybe that is your email list. You have that. I would still have something that is more within your control that you can always access because you just never know what could happen with some of these social media sites. Um, Maybe you're tracking your email open rate. If you're really digging into email, which I think, again, I've said this before, but it's so important to have that email list because social media is always changing and sometimes it's really hard to stand out and or to keep up with it. Another thing is your service analysis. So if you're a service-based business, you want to track maybe your services offered, your bookings, your events, your classes, your workshops, whatever that is. Um, Maybe it's your events or your promotion details. If you're someone who does a lot of markets for your business, then you need to be tracking which markets were the most profitable, which ones got you the most new clients. Maybe you had 
a market that um, was just overall really fun that you want to do again. You also should be tracking your clients gained versus lost if you have a business that has like a membership base or attrition or retention and anything else that is specific to your business. If you're someone that does live sales, maybe you need to track your live sale analytics. Maybe you need to track your Pinterest. Whatever other uh, metrics would show you or measure success in your business. And you don't need to track all of these, but I want you to pick at least your top maybe five that would really mean either more profit in your business or more joy doing what you love or more scalability and sustainability to grow over time. So some of these metrics can be found on your point of sale system or your CRM, maybe your QuickBooks. You can find all the social media analytics right on those social sites like Facebook, Instagram. Um, Google ads will give you analytics, your Google analytics for your website and your SEO. You can find email software reports, and then some are just not going to be tracked. So you need to do the hard work yourself and create your own dashboard, which if you're doing our free workshop for Sister Circle this Thursday, which is December 29th at 10 a.m. on a Thursday, it's right on Zoom. It's totally free. I have these questions and worksheets to go with that as well as a dashboard. So if you're joining our Sister Circle membership for the new year, you're going to get an entire dashboard to track some of these, well, all of these success metrics that you decide are important for your business. And again, this is a dashboard. This is something that I created two years ago for my own businesses to be able to track growth over time. And now I have three years worth of dashboards and analytics and numbers and measurements and all the things to be able to look back on and make decisions from, which is so important. So you need to find those success metrics that feel right to you and figure out which ones you want to track in the new year, how often you will track them and analyze them. And really what I want you to dig into is why are these important to you? Because a lot of times we track numbers because everyone else is tracking them, or maybe we think that it's a metric of success, for example, social media followers, but we don't actually make any sales off of social media, then maybe that's not a great metric for us to measure. Maybe we'd be better off tracking referrals that we're getting from people because those are actual income coming into our business. Um, so just kind of think about why you're tracking certain things and why they're important to you. So put a reason behind it. And then what goals do you need to set for the new year based around these success metrics? So let's dig into some of the questions that I want you to journal on. And some of this could come from having this dashboard of success metrics already. Some of the things I just told you, you could be tracking, or you can just look back on maybe your planner or your POS system or your QuickBooks or whatever and get an idea of some of these numbers. So in order to look ahead, a lot of times we need to look back first to really fully grasp where we're at in our business. I know for me, even the first few years of my business, like I said, I wasn't really tracking much, which is a rookie mistake. And 
I was really young. So maybe 21, 22, we didn't have all of these like gadgets, like Google sheets and all of these things that made it really easy to track. I mean, I wrote things down on paper, but it's kind of weird to think even almost 10 years ago, we didn't have a lot of these big software tracking metrics. So it just wasn't something that I was super hyper aware of. Obviously now I see the value and um, it there it's just easier to be able to do that now. But I wish that I would have started sooner just because I would have had more data to make big decisions off of. And again, I cannot stress that enough. As you grow your business, as you scale, you need these projections, especially if you're doing build outs or you're buying a building or you're making a hiring decision. You need some of these numbers to be able to project forward into the future what is actually going to happen as you scale and as you grow. Because a lot of times what we're doing otherwise is we're just pulling from um, kind of thin air. <laughs> We're pulling out of like best case scenario, what we think we want to happen in our business and not always off of the hard numbers and the data, which I'm a total like feel, feel good, gotta feel it in my gut kind of person. But I also have learned just how important it is to really know where you're at and know what it's going to take to get to that next level. So in order to look ahead, we have to look back first. So looking back to this past year, 2022, here are some questions to answer. And I'll share just a few of my answers as we go. So if you are doing the dashboard and you got that resource, which I hope you did, so sign up for that growth membership, um, go through, fill out the dashboard, and then answer these questions. Where did most of my cash flow come from this past year? In 2022, where did most of my cash flow come from? And again, get detailed. Is it specific services, specific products, specific regions of maybe you have a business that is um, nationwide, so you want to segment it out by location. Maybe it's a certain age group. Like really look at your audience, your services, your products offered. Where do most of your cash flow come from? Where did you make the most sales? What were your main channels of business? So what did you really lean on for actual sales? So again, if you're not making money off of social media, then that's probably not a main channel of business. So for me, for example, it's uh, Google Ads. We have done so well with Google Ads and getting new trials to our studio through that offering and our website, um, and then offering intro options. So do you have an intro offering? Maybe you have like a downloadable freebie. Maybe you have um, some sort of cash back offer if you're a store or boutique, but what were your main channels of business? So it could be social media, it could be website, it could be Google, it could also be events or referrals or any other thing, like I said, a promotion, like an intro offer, that was a main way to get someone to partake or experience your business. So then I want you to think about what events, if you're an event-based business or you, again, do a lot of markets, those types of things, what events worked, what were they, and what times of the year? So again, seeing those seasonal patterns, and then also what events did not work, 
what were they and what times of the year. So again, I'm trying to get you to think about just when you're actually going to maybe repeat some of these things, or maybe you're not going to do them again. So getting yourself to think about what, in this case, events do we need to do again? And what do we need to maybe completely not go back to or try at a different time of year or different year altogether? I want you to think of the same thing for your promotions. What worked? What were they and what times of the year? And then what promotions didn't work? What were they and what times of the year were they? And again, you can decide if you're going to do them again. Maybe you pick a different time of year or you run the promotion differently. Maybe it's shorter versus longer or whatever it is. I want you to go back through all of those events, all of those promotions that you did and analyze them so that you're not just continuing to do the same things and repeat the same things and expect different results when they didn't show you that the first time. So again, seeing this over time, I can say, well, I've done this event for three years. This is what happened the first three years. So I anticipate this is what will happen if I do it again. And whether it lives up to that expectation or not, then you can reassess, well, maybe actually this isn't a good event for me to do anymore. Maybe my business is different. Maybe the event is different. Or you continue to do it and grow it. Or you pivot it, change it, adapt it, try something new with it. Okay, next, what products and services sold best and what did not? So top sellers, no-goes. What were they? So interesting to see some of these. And sometimes we don't even realize that until we go back to the data again and look and see, because sometimes we get clouded by our our experience and our emotions around certain things that we want to continue to do them. But then really, at the end of the day, they're really just not worth it to us, our time, our team, our energy, our money, whatever it is. So what was my best time of year for growth in clients, in sales, and in social media? Which, again, you could add another category to that if you want. Maybe you're growing your team. um, Maybe you're growing products. But what was your best time of year for growth in clients, in social media, and in sales? So again, trying to create those patterns over time. And what do I need to cut out or spend less money on or time on in the new year? So based on this dashboard that you filled out for 2022, what do you need to cut out or spend less time or money on in 2023 in the new year? So I hope those first few questions were helpful looking back. And now those are more data-based questions, but you know me, like I said, I'm still a feely type person. So let's dig into some of those questions as well. And I'll share some of my answers here. So as we reflect on, on the past year, what ways did you grow in 2022? So for me, one of the ways that I grew is I, again, pivoted my business with purpose. And I have the courage to not only do that, but to share the process via this podcast, just being really transparent as possible on social media and to grow in that way of not feeling like I had to continue to do something that didn't suit me anymore, um, just because 
to just keep going through the motions. I, I decided that I was no longer going to continue to go through the motions. And then I also learned that not every business needs to scale bigger to be better. And in fact, it could be the opposite. So that was a big lesson for me this year, because as I tried to grow bigger and bigger, and bigger, it became harder and harder. <laughs> and it could just be the industry. It could be all the changes that happened in the past few years with COVID. It could be my own desire to um, de-stress my life in a different season that I'm in. But that was one of the biggest ways that I grew. And I became a real estate agent, which has been a fun new challenge. So the next question is, what lessons did you learn? Which I kind of just shared mine again. Sometimes Well, bigger is not always better, but also sometimes it doesn't matter how hard you work. Some things are just not meant to work out the way that you intended them to be. And it takes courage again to step back and reassess a dream and a business that you've you've continued to build from the ground up. So what lessons did you learn? Which, by the way, as you go through this, I hope you're having some aha moments. Um, It just takes that time to be quiet and be reflective with yourself. Next, what will you keep doing? And the opposite, what will you stop doing? What will you keep doing? Which for me, I said, being intentional with my time and focusing on what feels good and having fun and being creative. What will you stop doing? For me, trying to force outcomes, allowing myself to let go and surrender more, and also to stop focusing on my past and being stuck in it, but focusing on moving forward. The next question is, what were your wins this year? What were your wins? For me, it was making it almost 10 years in my very first business, purposely pivoting in my business and in my life in just under two months, making some big changes, taking this month of December to recover and reset not only my physical body, my mind, my soul, get creative again. Um, I really, really, really needed this month. And um, starting this podcast was also a big win for me because it was something that I talked about doing for a long time. And I finally made the jump and just did it. Um, The next question, and these two, these last two questions here are really important. What parts of your business did you not enjoy? And what parts of your business brought you the most joy? What part of your business did you not enjoy and what part of your business brought you the most joy? Again, focusing on that feeling. For me, it was um, that I did not enjoy the struggle um, because it really, truly only got harder in the last couple of years um, following COVID and losing some staff and um, just dealing with all of the kind of hardship that came with that. Um, And then what brought me the most joy? I loved this question because it really got me thinking of what was so fun this year, because sometimes the struggle overshadows all the good things. And there were so many good things this year. And the first thing I thought of when I, I asked myself what brought me joy was my team, 
My team brought me so much joy this year, and I was just continually blessed with how supportive they were when things were really hard and challenging. And I felt like even making the decision that I did, maybe I would be letting them down, and they were (laughs) so supportive and um, continue to be supportive. And I'm so excited to continue the new year with them. Um, The people, the clients, the loyal people that have stuck by me through literally everything that the past few years have thrown at us. Um, I'm so overwhelmingly blessed with some of the best clients ever. Um, I could cry (laughs) just thinking about um, everything that we've overcome and the people that have stuck by my side. So that has brought me so much joy. Um, our anniversary party every summer is like my favorite event. Um, the Zen and Paw we did this year, our first 5k dog race was so much fun. Our live sales are something that I will genuinely miss because we had so much fun doing these live sales, um, for the last two years, actually. Uh, me and my team. So I will miss doing those. Um, And then I think going to Studio Owner University with my team and also the Sculpt with Swift event may have been one of my all-time favorites. So I had so much fun with that. So fill out those questions. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing some of my answers. And then let's look forward. So once we filled out those questions, we filled out the dashboard, let's look forward to the new year. What do you need to add more of and put more energy into in 2023? Now that you've gone through, you know, what brought the most cash flow, what maybe um, worked, what didn't work, what made you happy, what made you frustrated, what do you need to add more of and put more energy into in the new year? In what areas do you want to grow in 2023? And this could be business focused or just personally, in general, everything all together. And how do you want to feel this next year? And some of the words that I wrote here are lighter, free, energetic, creative, focused, fun. How do you want to feel? What are some core desired feelings that you really want to embody in the coming year? And then this is important. What systems and strategies do I need to implement to get there? Because it's one thing to have these goals and these dreams and make the vision board and write down the goals in the planner. But if we don't actually change our daily habits and our routines and how we work towards these goals, then they're really just they're really just writing down dreams that are are not going to actually come true if we're not willing to build the lifestyle and put in the work to accomplish them. So for me, focusing on pre-planning as much as possible and being really intentional with my time. So for example, just throwing real estate into um, my businesses that are very like pre-planned. So, you know, I know when I teach classes, I know when I need to do a live stream. I know when I need to do a monthly meeting. And then obviously real estate is more like it, it's pretty random, really. Like it comes up, a house comes on the market. We got to go look at it. We got to write an offer and it happens very fast, but I can't plan it out. I can't pre-plan it. So what I need to do is be hyper-focused for my other businesses, Zen and Pow and Sister Circle, to 
pre-plan and work on things for those businesses when I have the time and, and be really strategic and intentional about it so that when deals come up and houses come onto the market and people want to start looking that I can do that and not have to worry about um, putting together content and classes and choreography. So it's really just going to be a balancing act for me, which I know I can do it and I've been doing it. And I just want to be even more strategic and intentional and focused. And for me, that comes from routine and and building good habits. And I really have a strong morning routine, but I really need to work on my evening routine. I need to work on um, coming home and (laughs) getting to bed at a decent time, you know, getting good sleep, making nutritious dinners. um, And so that is one of my big focuses and strategies for the new year that are going to help me get to where I want to go with my goals. So the next question, where do you see yourself at the end of this year? Where do you see yourself at the end of this year? And what would success in my business and life look like? There is that question again, and I'm going to keep coming back to it is what does success look and feel like? And for me, I wrote just enjoying my work again, having fun, not dreading Monday, which when I... I mean, honestly, majority of the time that I've been in business, I have always looked forward to every single week. And even if it had challenges, like I felt like I could take them on and I was excited. And it really was the last few years that have really taken a toll on me, just the amount of stress um, that I was dealing with on a constant, like I started to dread Mondays, which is really not who I am at all. Um, so that was a big sign for me that something needed to shift and change in my life because I don't want to dread Monday. I own my own businesses so that I look forward to the week ahead and I don't dread going back to work, even though I'm working on the weekends a lot too, but you know what I mean? Like I, that to me is success is enjoying and looking forward to every single week and not feeling the constant stress and burden and just financial strain that I had, um, the past few years in, in my studio, a lot of it again, due to just the changes in the industry and just, life in general, how much COVID changed the way that we do life and the way we do business. So looking forward to every week, going on a vacation, that is a huge goal for me this year, like actually going on a vacation that is not work-related in any way, shape, or form. Um, My husband and I have been wanting to do our honeymoon since we got married in 2020. And so that's been um, a big goal of ours to be able to do that. Um, and not worry about taking the time off. That that would feel like success um, is being able to take a trip, go on a vacation, go on a honeymoon and not feel either guilty or that you can't get away. That is success to me. And then just feeling healthy. I want to get back to feeling uh, just myself, my version of health and um, focusing on feeling good in mind and body again. So. Then I want you to look to the future in 2023. Where do you see your business going? So in the coming year, where do you see your business going? And that could be, you know, sales number. It could be client number of clients, 
number of bookings. Um, it could be like, what activities are you doing within your business? And then I want you to take it out even further in three to five years. Where do I see my business going? And then if you want to go as far as 10 years, where do you see your business going? But the goal here is to just get you to think out further. It doesn't mean that it's stuck in stone. That's what's going to happen. Um, but to just think long term, what do I really want for myself and for my business? So then taking the goals for this year, you can start to break them down, which I always work in threes. I know I've shared that on the podcast before. So picking three big annual goals, you can break them down into three big quarterly goals, three big monthly goals. Then I do three big goals every week and then daily. So that is a little bit of a breakdown. But overall, I hope that these questions just got you to start thinking and your wheels turning as we're approaching the end of 2022 and the beginning of the new year, not only where you're at right now, but everything that you've overcome and accomplished this past year. Because again, it is so easy to let the the stress and the struggles and the hardship overshadow all the good things. So every year when I do this year-end review, it feels so good by the time that I've gone through the whole reflection process because I realized that I actually did more and accomplished more and and had more success than I even realized because again it's so easy to just let the bad things overtake the good things and maybe you're coming out of a really hard season so you really are struggling to find what was good this past year so go through maybe you have a planner you could go through each month maybe you go through your quickbooks by a month to month basis to get those kind of again breakdowns of seasonality and which quarters are better than others so that you have something to work off of to plan for the future So I hope this was helpful. Again, if you're looking for a free resource to work through some of these things, please, please, please do not hesitate to sign up and join us for our Small Business Success Planning Workshop. It's happening this Thursday, December 29th at 10 a.m. Central on Zoom. And I'm going to take you through all of this into a little bit of a deeper dive. And then if you sign up for the growth membership for Sister Circle for the quarter one, which is open through the end of this year. So you only have a few more days to sign up for it, but you're going to get a free dashboard and the downloadables of this PDF that we just worked through so that you can print it out, write it out. There's something to be said about handwriting these answers. I don't know what it is, but handwriting it out, um, going back through, really taking the time to deep dive into what success looks like to you as we move into the new year. So as you can tell, I'm so excited about the coming new year. I'm a huge proponent of setting, um, I, I mean, call them goals, call them intentions, whatever you want to call them, but making them in a way that you're actually going to be able to stick to it and carry them out through the entire year. I mean, I work in the health and wellness industry. I know how many people set these ridiculous New Year's resolutions and then they, you know, are done working out after two weeks into the new year. I don't want that to be you with your business 
success planning either. I want you to be able to carry it out through the year. And that is a huge reason why we are continuing to offer experiences in person and online for Sister Circle so that you have accountability, you have community, you have coaching, you have resources, you have what you need to stick to it. Because it's really easy to set big lofty dreams and and goals this time of year. And then within a few months, you just feel overwhelmed or you don't have time or that they're not attainable. So I want to help you through this process. I want to support you. I want to give you the accountability and the community and the coaching and all the things that you need to find success, your version of success in the new year with Sister Circle. So you don't even have to be local. You can join us for just our online community membership. If you are local, I highly recommend the growth membership so that you get both the in-person monthly meetings as well as the online community calls. You also get the quarterly socials at the end of quarter one. So that'll be coming in March, but it is such a great way to start the year. And it's only a three month commitment, which we can all commit to one quarter of accountability for our business and just see where it goes. See how it propels you into the rest of the year. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful that you have continued to listen to this podcast. Even if you're not a small business owner and you know a small business owner, share this with them. The workshop on Thursday is totally free. And I just want to be able to help as many small business owners as possible find success in the new year. And that is why I share all the the trials and the triumphs and the struggles and the successes that I've had in my own business so that you can hopefully avoid some of the the stress and the overwhelm as well as have a really clear definition of success moving forward. So I will be sharing more as we head into the new year and I will do another episode on a year in review that is for anyone, small business owner or not. But I really encourage you to take some time as we move towards 2023 to pause be quiet with yourself, go listen to my New Year's meditation, which is also an episode on this podcast, and just really reflect before you set your intentions to move forward. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed this. Make sure to subscribe, leave a comment or a review if you've enjoyed listening to the Soul Driven with Steph podcast this year, and I'm excited for what's to come in the new year. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time, be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.